welcome to iPhone. Okay, welcome to episode 83 of I4O. Um, I come to you live with breaking news. Live from the scene is Urban um, to tell us a little bit about some esports information that I think everybody needs to know because it is incredibly urgent. Welcome, everyone. I'm reporting live from the greatest news source ever, I4O. Um, and I just come across this article and looking at it, Farming Simulator is getting its own esports league. I know all of you, our listeners have been waiting for this day and it's finally happening. I know and I you have. Win up to eight hundred eighty thousand, two hundred eighty thousand dollars in price. <laughs> um, so if you've been waiting for this day, it's gonna happen. It's gonna, and it's all gonna. There're gonna be ten tournaments all around the, uh, Europe, and the final games will be held at FarmCon twenty twenty. So put that on your calendar right Dude, now. I literally can't contain my excitement right now. That is actually the greatest news that we could have ever opened up this podcast with. And personally, like, I think that's an achievement. Both, like, it's a landmark that we are here to witness and report that just as much as it is for the farming community to accept this into esports. And I really think that the esports community is going to welcome all of these new int- people who are coming into this space. So, uh, let me just say thank you to the farming esports community that is uh, apparently on fire right now. So that's incredible. <laughs> very, uh, very exciting t- news, and you can trust I forward to bring you this exciting news every single week. Well, yeah, for as 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 weekly as we can get. It may not be every day on the same day of the week, but when when we're not adulting, you can best be sure that we are here live in the booth reporting to you guys straight with the news so um speaking of which i think we should do our civic duty as these hosts as the shepherds of information as these um as this as i'm trying to the vestibule of tech the i don't i'm out of ideas now but we should go into the weekly news um but we'll do that in a little bit because I forgot that we have a new segment that we're working. <laughs> we're, we already forgot all yeah. the different changes, all I'm the just like, stuff we're trying to try out. You just wanting we're, we're going into these like new ideas, but like I'm so in the rhythm of tech that I'm like, okay, let's go right to the news. But in actuality, we had some fun stuff this weekend that I think uh, our viewers would be interested in hearing about. Um, so uh, interesting tech adventure this weekend. Um, you and I both helped me establish a um what's it called a hackintosh so as it would as fate would have it the computer that i built literally is a perfect ready to go hackintosh with no modifications whatsoever to the hardware and you and i had this fun little project of turning that into one over the weekend and yeah you you came to me you messaged me it's like hey i'm thinking about getting an iMac, not now, but maybe a year or two down the line. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of missing Mac OS. I was like, why don't you just make a Hackintosh? Yeah. It's like, wait, what? It's like, and you, mean what? you mean what? That's possible? <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, look up your motherboard. And that's the main thing that's going to be compatible. And the Hackintosh community has been very, very active uh, in the recent years. And they've been making some good headway of making 
a lot of the newest hardware out there fairly compatible. There's a lot of active community community members who are there to help you to try to figure out what if you're using a piece of hardware that isn't compatible, trying to make it compatible. So um, yeah. we did a little research or Matt did, and so did I. And uh, turned out it was uh, pretty straightforward. So unless, unless uh, with the <laughs> asterisks, if <laughs> if you shut down your computer or your Windows installation while it's doing an update, then it, oh, things man. at the end might not you turn out. So I did, yeah. But no, it's well, um, I, I teased as a tease. I didn't say what happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so first and foremost, for anybody who is not familiar with what a Hackintosh is. Ooh, yes, um, it Good. is a because I feel like we should explain that before we go into yeah. this. Uh, mm-hmm. Hackintosh is a Mac computer. That no, it is, is not Mac built, computer. Well, it is Mac, it's Mac OS. Mac OS. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm just really excited, so I'm like, not, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's Mac OS running on a computer that is traditionally used for Windows desktop computers. So it is hardware not officially licensed or supported by Apple, but supports Mac OS. Because it's built with the same architecture, I guess would be the right word for that. Oh, a Mac computer is just a PC with some special hardware that, you know, works. they put on there that lets you install Mac OS on it. Because fortunately for us, the hardware is the one thing that up until, I hope maybe recently, Apple has zero control over internally. They have to source it from third parties. Right. So ever since they moved over to the Intel processors, Macs are just PCs with that are running Mac OS. So yep. it's been getting easier and easier to install um, uh, Mac OS on actual Windows hardware. Yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the chips that they use for audio, a lot of the uh, internal chipsets to run the processors and the memory controllers are all like consistent no matter what motherboard you look at. You look at the one made by Gigabyte and you look at the one um, made by Apple, a lot of the chips are all the same on there. So uh, a lot of the support is already built into Mac OS. All you need is a way to boot it and install it. Um, and then yeah. we'll do a little tweaking, uh, dialing of the knobs to get everything perfect. Uh, but then you're all set. And it's pretty much like a Mac. You get almost every single feature, depending on your hardware. You might need to buy some extra hardware to get like everything, like AirDrop. And those are the some specialty kind of features. But um, in yeah, it's uh, really easy. Major way, yeah. Because because I I had heard of building a Hackintosh before, and I knew you did it, but yeah. Um, I remember you specifically when you built this computer, you built it to do that. So I didn't know if mine would be able to do that out of the box. But coincidentally, I, the parts yeah, that I had worked. You just got lucky. You just got lucky. Um, which. Yeah worked out well the only thing that really had an issue with is getting um since you're running an nvidia card uh, mm-hmm. it does make things a little bit uh, more complicated you can't right now because uh, a little feud that apple and nvidia it turns out are having uh, you can't uh, install an nvidia graphics card under mojave yeah uh, uh, nvidia um it, either party blames the other one so nobody really knows who's at fault here um but this is like uh, with sony and fortnite yeah apple fanboys are saying it's nvidia's fault and nvidia fanboys fanboys are saying it's apple's fault so um we don't really know whose fault it is but the fact of the matter is there's no drivers right now for nvidia graphics cards under mojave so matt unfortunately can't run the latest and greatest version of the operating system Mm -hmm. um if you do want to do that on a hackintosh you have to run an amd graphics card 
Um, and that's for me, that's why I went with a Vega Intel um, onboard graphics, but who wants to do that? Right. When I have a 1080 sitting in my PCIe slot. So you went with high Sierra, which just runs perfectly fine. You're not really missing that many features. Except dark mode. Dark single, mode. Single tier. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, what is that term? The, the greatest pursuit of all software is dark mode. That's, that's what I'm missing. The pinnacle of Mac OS. Yeah. So today's Tuesday. You've been running this since Sunday night. It was pretty late Sunday night by the time I left. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much a day and a half, I guess. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's been good. What are, you, what are your thoughts so far? Um, well, the show notes were written entirely on that program or on that computer, uh, which doesn't really mean much because it's still no. using Chrome anyway. But uh, <laughs> it's been it's been very smooth. Uh, the 120 hertz display is very nice. Uh, my Ethernet port mysteriously was unplugged when I went to go uh, start the podcast today, but I don't think that's Mac OS's fault. I think that's just somehow that happened. I just spit out the Ethernet port physically. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how that one happened, but I'm, I'm not going to chalk that one up to Mac OS. I'm going to chalk that one up to user error. Um, <laughs> I don't want this. <laughs> um, but I've been having a lot of fun with that and um, using Setup and checking out the programs that are involved in that. Uh, it's just it's just been a solid experience so far and I'm, I'm pretty happy i did it uh i still have to do that one program that you showed me recently the one that mimics what uh Ninite does which is basically just a batch installer of a bunch of programs for mac os mm, but yeah. um mac os is nice it's and it's even nicer knowing that i now own um both uh computationally and literally an imac pro According yeah. to Apple. <laughs> as far as Apple knows, you now own an iMac Pro. Yeah. So I don't know if that goes under their earnings call that we're we'll talking about later on today. I, I guess not. I don't think so. And Apple, if you're listening, Al, my wallet, uh, I just unboxed it today. It is an actual <laughs> iMac Pro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's overall, it's been a great experience so far and I'm, I'm really happy with it. But yeah, so going back to what we were, what you were hinting at at the beginning of this. Um, it was fine. The install process was perfectly fine right up until we went to go boot back into windows. And it was because when I had shut down, when you were over, um, I was like, Oh yeah, uh, I'll just run these windows updates. Of course, that'll take forever. Little did I know windows updates don't run on shutdown. They run on the reboot. So when I went to shut it down, it had been halfway through installing these updates and it didn't have a chance to finalize the updates. So it could not boot back into windows. So we fixed Mac OS, but we broke windows and then we had to install windows onto a flash drive, get the computer to boot off of the flash drive, allow it to finish the update. And then it worked. And then in the process of doing that, we almost broke Mac OS. So we almost re we almost I almost got myself literally back to square one. So or um, for square zero because at one point neither of them worked. So while this is a podcast that is very friendly to telling its listeners to update its printer drivers, what I also recommend is making sure Windows has finished its updates before you try messing with stuff on the motherboard. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. just a friendly word of advice to all of my uh, dual booters over there. Um, I know we got, I know we probably have a massive community of, of dual booters that are using windows and Mac OS. And then we can provide some show notes, uh, links 
uh, in the show notes to some really good resources relating to Hackintoshes. Yes. If you want to see if your current hardware is compatible with it, or if you want, you're looking to build a new computer, um, then uh, look at all the parts that are compatible and just start from, from start from there. And I think it's a really fun experience. You learn a lot. Uh, especially about how uh, the internal workings of, of Macs are. And about uh, how Windows updates work. <laughs> and how Windows <laughs> updates work and how they uh, aren't fully finished when you turn off the computer. Um, so it's a fun little project and it gets you, if you always you know, um, liked Mac OS or you use it in the past, but you don't like to pay the Apple tax for actually buying Apple hardware um, or Apple, it doesn't make hardware that uh, suits your needs because they're Apple and they do what they want. Um, you can build your own and yeah. stick it to Timothy Cook. You can. I like yeah. how you said Timothy Cook, his full name. Yeah. That's, that's how you know you're angry at him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I started off the Sunday thinking I was going to end the day with Mac OS, but little did I know that it was the most Windows Sunday ever. <laughs> started and ended with troubleshooting Windows. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about that at the beginning, just because I thought that was hilarious and the, well, fun the sh- little yeah. adventure that we went on 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 Sunday. It's never, it never like there's nothing. I've never had a problem with like I never had a, a computering a computer upgrade experience go well first time without any problems. You know, it will be a fun test to do like a Cinebench compare. I don't. I know I have done this on my computer. I still need to get. I, I have. I have a. Uh, I'm currently. On the on a Hackintosh myself, um, um, and I do a boot with Windows. It'd be fun test to sort of see a comparison, uh, Cinebench, uh, as well as a Geekbench uh, comparison score between the two environments on your hardware too. Uh, yeah, we, can we should do one. Do, we should do a dual Post comparison. on our Twitter. My Windows versus your Windows, and your Mac OS versus my Mac OS. Yeah. My guess is that my Windows may slightly outperform yours, and your Mac OS may slightly outperform mine. Because of the hardware differences. Hmm. I believe we're both running i5s, right? No. You have an i7? I do have an i7. Okay. Mine's the generation year. Well, then your CPU will crush mine. So yeah. never mind. But my graphics may be slightly better. I don't know. I'm Maybe. holding my breath on that one. Um, well, I won't hold my breath because I'm pretty sure yours is way better than mine. But yeah. <laughs> um but it would be fun to compare because yeah. you know you lo- you win some and you lose some when you go to Apple, right? Yeah. Gaming performance is Tense. not going to be as good. Yeah. Even if you run the same exact game through Steam, you can install both well, on both operating systems. You're going to that may change. Fifteen to twenty, yes, but like new, like that's all with the new metal sort of ar- architecture. Yeah, but the thing is, Nvidia doesn't really support it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's one of the main reasons that. There are no NVIDIA cards running in Apple hardware currently. Um, And AMD is like, yeah, do whatever you want with our cards. We just want the money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) AMD is anyway. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, it it kind of makes sense that they should work on it because don't certain Mac computers between, I think it's like 2014 and 2017, run NVIDIA graphics cards? Yeah, but they're really old, and those uh, the the drivers built into macOS only support those specific cars, nothing else. Yeah, I was going to say because it might behoove them to support their older hardware, but we're Apple we're talking about, so we'll no, see. No, no, and I think so. With uh, the one of the other reasons that Mojave is not currently compatible is that they redid the entire um, graphics engine in Mojave to 
really take advantage of metal. Mm-hmm. And when they reached, uh, released Mojave, a lot of the older Macs who had NVIDIA cards in them got put on the not supported list because oh. of that, because they wouldn't, they couldn't implement the metal architecture that they needed on those NVIDIA cards oh. uh, on their older software. Yeah. So there's a lot of background going on there. Interesting. Well, in that case, then well, I guess we'll have to see, but, um, especially because your yours is probably going to have metal so it may actually do better in gaming so i'm just going to keep walking back on my on my opinion for right now but we'll find out but it'll all be in the show notes um maybe not the benchmarks as of yet but at least the resources on how to do it if anybody is interested in building their own hackintosh or seeing if like urban said if your existing hardware is on the right in the right spot to Yep. Or just let's just look up your motherboard and search the word Hackintosh. See if anyone has uh, uh, done it in the past. Yeah. And it's a fun little project. Turns uh, out, um, run. run. Little, yeah, little sneak peek. Uh, Asrock motherboards perform really well with Hackintoshes. Apparently, they're one of the more supported ones. So, if you have one of those, then this may be a productive next weekend for you coming up. But um, yeah, so. I do think we should probably jump into some yeah. news just because there is a, a big event that happened, especially. It's a good thing we were delayed because this broke recently. Um, Last night. Yeah, but uh, I, I do want to just go quickly over this. Apple did report their earnings yesterday. Um, uh, uh, or today, today, I mean. Yeah, they they reported it today. And upcoming, uh, this is the, the month of earnings that is coming up. So we have uh, Facebook, Microsoft, Qualcomm, PayPal uh amazon samsung all the big guys google snap uh Tesla's tomorrow yeah tesla's tomorrow uh so and then amd did today and ebay as well but i don't know i don't have the numbers for those in front of me right now the, but. the only one that relates to what we were talking about earlier is nvidia's stock tank like 14 15 right after announcement of their earnings yeah which is fun yeah. um it's always a good time you know sometimes it's just fun times at apple but, but um yeah, so to go into their earnings, uh, their financial results for 2019 were good when you look at everything, but okay when you look when you include iPhone in there. Um, so it, it was a decline of 5% from the year ago quarter and quarterly earnings um, up 7.5%. Uh, but revenue from iPhone declined 15% while total revenue from all their products and services grew by 19%. So that's interesting that it's still a decline when you look at the f- overall numbers um, for their quarterly revenue. But when you look at their all their services growing almost 20% in revenue, that's like incredible. Um, so revenue from uh, Mac, wearables, home, and accessories were at all-time highs growing 9% and 33% respectively. And revenue from iPad grew 17%. So across the board. Apple has been doing better, except iPhone. Yeah. So, which kind of makes perfect sense. Yeah, a lot of people have been talking about, um, you know, where is that? Where is Apple going to go with the iPhone? And a lot of people are saying that, yeah, they've reached peak iPhone a, a while back. Um, you know, people aren't upgrading as frequently. They're not doing every year upgrade. Some people are not even doing every two year upgrade. Maybe they're wait, they're fine with their current phone. Like, I don't need to upgrade. It does what it ne- needed to do. Um, and I'll, to be honest, Apple really hasn't released any uh, groundbreaking feature that, you know, makes those people 
who have been holding on to their old iPhones, it's like, oh my God, I got to have this new phone um, and go out and upgrade. Um, so, and there's only so many people who can actually afford an iPhone um, because uh, compared to every other phone out there, uh, if you look at the U.S. market, yeah, it's predominantly Apple. Um, but if you look at internationally, it really is dominated by Android. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the world and Android, as we know, a lot of the phones that are released out there are are um, at a fairly good price. Not We're not talking about the, the big guys like Samsung and Huawei, but uh, other ones, other manufacturers around the world, especially in markets like uh, India and China. Um, you know, there's those cheaper type of uh android phones are are really popular there so um yeah those people will never are not even ever going to be in the, the market for um an iphone um, yeah. so i think they've reached sort of the peak of the amount of people who ever own an iphone and then also combination Cause, of yeah because with, with a smartphone like they're running out of markets to break into and like you can only have these things where like when they first like apple had this like tremendous growth year over year when they were first breaking out into other countries like you suddenly open up the uk and like the in europe and asia and especially china and asia and you get like just insane amounts of sales out of nowhere like you're of course you're going to see growth and like you're saying apple is having trouble in other countries when people are, and they're no longer the new hot product. It's something that's been year over year. The same thing when you have Android, especially companies in Asia, like Huawei um, and LG and Samsung that are innovating year over year. Um, it's really hard for Apple to compete in that ecosystem where they're not the established de facto great phone, like the best phone in the market, even if they are, still viewed as like a status symbol they're like that's all it is in those countries it's a status symbol it's a very expensive device that's very hard to afford for the average consumer in those countries whereas in the u.s it's a bit more of a commodity because of carrier deals and subsidies and stuff like that whereas other countries they may not have those deals so i think the most interesting just to kind of keep this kind of shorter i think the most interesting a uh, bit of revenue that I'm looking forward to seeing and I think is the most worth paying attention to is Amazon's. Um, particularly just because I think Amazon is going to be growing at a pretty steady rate year over year for the next probably decade. Um, just because I think Amazon is a more stable business model than most of Silicon Valley. They know their product. They know what they're, they know what they're doing and they know how to improve on that. And I think, with the Echo services and the Prime Video and Prime Music and all these AWS and the AWS especially bread and, yeah. butter, bread and butter. Half of these people who are reporting their earnings run on AWS. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, so I've been doing a little research and fun little facts. So you might remember a couple of weeks ago, Apple released a little investor letter to about the Apple sales and, and correcting their sort of. Uh, uh, outlook yeah, on like particular quarter the before the actual reporting, and they reported that yeah, iPhone sales have been then haven't been that strong, uh, especially in China. They highlighted China within their earnings, and they actually specifically told that uh, the uh, battery placements for older iPhones <laughs> that they put out the program actually uh, might have been a contributor to those lower sales numbers. And you might remember that the stock dropped significantly uh, during that day or right after that announcement. 
Well, as it turns out, currently in the after hours, the stock is actually high is higher than before that announcement was made. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, right. I guess it's because the earnings report came out and people were like, "Oh, okay, it's not that bad." Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the warning letter kind of helped, but now it's higher than it was before the warning letter. It's weird. Uh, you never the stock market. If you try to figure it out, figure it out, you'll just get nowhere. It's like um, I tried. In that way, it's similar to cryptocurrency, where it's a, trying to understand why it's reacting the way it's reacting is just it's beyond a, me. today with this news with the new earnings report it's up almost six percent in after hours <laughs> okay good time to be an apple stock owner but i guess if you bought in after the dip yeah if you bought um, when it was on sale yeah yeah um, uh but yeah i, th- I think amazon's gonna we're be not a final, we're not a financial podcast so no. that's as far as i think we'll go on yeah. that yep <laughs> But yeah, all the big companies will be done by the 7th of February when they're reporting. So with the final one being, the final noticeable one being Twitter. Um, but yeah, so let's move into the other news. Um, this is a big one. The FaceTime security flaw. Um, this one broke, I think it initially broke yesterday, right? That's At some it, point yesterday, yeah. yeah. I was... Uh, Quite busy yesterday, but I, I jumped on Twitter once I got home to my crazy day. And I was like reading through. I was like, what is this? Everybody's tweeting about it. The internet went crazy over this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people Apple, were reproducing it initially before they took the servers down. Yeah. Yeah. So what this is, is there is a flaw that Apple, uh, that was brought to Apple's attention for its FaceTime group calling service. So not specifically one-to-one FaceTime. There were people who were going in and disabling all of FaceTime, which I think is a bit of a reactionary thing, especially considering Apple took down this new service. Um, this pertains, I think, exclusively to just the group calling functionality that they just added in the most well, recent. Yeah, so it uses group calling as the exploit. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. So the exploit is that if you were to call somebody on FaceTime and while it's ringing, immediately add yourself add yourself into the conference via your phone number, you will be able to hear the receiving lines FaceTime uh, without re- them answering, without <laughs> them answering. Yeah. You can hear all the, rec- all the audio on their side without them ever saying anything. And that's not a good exploit to have uncovered. Mm. And it seems uh, it's an interesting bug. Um, very interesting bug but, but the the story around it i think is even more interesting just because of how this was reported and or i guess not actioned is the more important thing to focus on here uh because if if i'm not mistaken we were talking about this a little on the pre-show somebody did try to bring this to apple's attention before they um actually acknowledged it and began working on the fix he actually had to force their hand um in order to get a response publicly yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah, so he reached out to all of the proper support vectors. This was discovered a week ago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, He reached out to Apple support. He reached out to Twitter, social media teams, uh, their their standard bug reporting uh, portals, and he posted proof of this as well, and nothing. So as of yesterday, he must have forced their hand. Um, and he went in and just kind of made it public, told people how to do it and said, your move Apple. So Apple has since 
shut down the FaceTime group calling functionality. Um, and they will be patching it later this week. But this is a very interesting bug. And we've always talked about how important proper bug reporting uh, should be. And I think it's interesting that this is something that um, came as a result of inaction from something from a company that usually is pretty open to accepting flaws, but, hmm. um, and it's not just audio. first it turned out to, it, it, people thought it was just audio, but someone, someone found that you can actually do video as well. Oh, good. If you press the power button on your end, it would just do something weird. And then you would start seeing their, uh, uh, front facing camera immediately. So it <laughs> just all... <laughs> answers for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man. That's kind awful. Of, kind of a weird uh, bug, but I mean, people are, are on Twitter is like, how could Apple's uh, testing team look over this? I mean, you know, software testing, right? Yep. Can't test for every single st- scenario, no matter how big of a company you are. Yeah. Um, and these things fall through the crack and uh, people all over Twitter is like, oh, remember that t- poster that you put up, they put up on CES during CES? Like, you want to keep your data on your phone and not anywhere else or whatever the wording it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd rather this, I'd rather one public exploit than some phones that are literally like leaking information on a daily basis or phoning home to China or doing whatever. Like when yeah. you look at, when you look at it, like as it is the fact that they responded to it, they pulled it. They're like, okay, this is a problem. We're fixing it. There's going to be a patch later this week to repair this. Like, they did what they could do. There's no, there's no way around that. They answered it professionally. They responded to it professionally, and well, they answered it less than professionally at first because they could have done all this behind a closed curtain and slowly pulled their service and been like, "Hey, there's an exploit with this. We need to fix this and release a patch later this week." Um, but yeah, so I've, a lot of people were really mad at this, like you're saying. Um, and not to come off as an apologist, but like, yeah, like you said, bugs do happen. Like testing gets missed. And like, I, it's something that like, I feel like a lot of the vocal minorities are going to be grasping onto and using this as like, but Apple's doing this. How could they, how could they do this? How could they let this quality fall through the cracks? But yeah, like, like you said, like you can't, you can only test so much. And it's possible that some things get missed. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just next time, Apple, maybe check your, your mail before. <laughs> it, just make sure you put somebody on that and keep up the date on that a little bit more. And maybe you'll get less people breaching your system. But another thing that was interesting was that um, since uh, another thing that's also important to note is that since this is through um, iCloud, your FaceTime, it was also possible to connect to literally any device that also has FaceTime support as well. So right. you could be enabling multiple microphones at once. Um, if you're including their, like, for example, their MacBook or their iMac and anybody who is your running iPad or whatever. Or your iPad or your iMac pro or your Hackintosh, even if it supports, um, if it supports FaceTime, um, important to note, hi Sierra isn't impacted by it. So thank you NVIDIA for that one. Um, (laughs) uh, but yeah, so it's anybody running Mojave, I I recommend, 
Well, they they turned off the server, so you don't have to worry yeah. about it anymore. So. You can't do group FaceTime anymore. So or anybody, anybody listening who may have, in fear, preemptively turned off your FaceTime, you can turn it back on because group FaceTime is disabled. So, um, yeah, it's it's a missed opportunity. Apple kind of goofed on this one, but I mean, like we're saying, like you can only, like you can't blame them, really. I don't know. Like it is what it is. It's a bug. It'll get fixed. Uh, they said there's going to be a fix sometime out this week. So uh, I guess just anybody who uses group FaceTime, I don't know anybody who does, who who wasn't just purely testing it out. Um, check your iOS updates at some point. I'm sure it'll be tweeted out by a bunch of people when it's updated and fixed. But like I said, it is what it is. Um, more news. Netflix. Um this is uh this this comes out of the same category as water being wet, but uh if Netflix um were to add commercials, they would lose quote fifty seven percent of their subscribers. Um this the survey that they took place in the UK, uh and fifty seven percent of them said they'd stop watching Netflix if commercials were introduced. So if Netflix Hulu's itself, then people will turn it off and stop watching. Shocker. <laughs> Uh, what do you what do you think of that? Would you watch Netflix if they added commercials? I think that's one of their like marketing points. That's like why they're a good service. Um, yeah. So it's an interesting thought. Um, the only way I would tolerate it if if they would reduce the price. Yeah. Right. If they kept it at the same price, then no, I would not tolerate. Uh, commercials if they cut it in half and then like okay now it's half the price but now you gotta watch 30 second commercials every 30 minutes uh i I would sort of deal with that um netflix is is a is not the same i would argue as something like youtube tv or sling or something like that where you do get commercials every so often. It's because it's traditional television. It's like a cable thing. And part of that is they bundle in advertisers because advertisers want access to those markets. But Netflix, since its beginning, has been billing itself as a place where you go to watch old shows and reruns and you go on to watch later movies. And now they have some really good original series and I think adding commercials would be stepping away from that. And I think they'd be losing what initially drew so many people to that service. Yeah. I think they want to remain with the HBO type of realm, right? HBO doesn't have any commercials. You pay mm-hmm. extra for that service, right? To get um, the original content on there. And I think they want to mimic that sort of um, uh, uh, service yeah. uh, level, right? So bring the, bringing you, uh, really good original content plus all the other stuff that you might want to watch um, on there. Um, and yeah, if you just added commercials, it would just mess up the entire sort of um, business model that they have going on and the value that they've been, you know, hammering home with their users for all this time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I don't see them, you know, ever, um, introduce this this introducing this type of thing and i i know prior to the show i was saying that uh i i i don't i wouldn't put it past netflix that they already have in the plans to increase prices pretty much on a consistent yearly year to year basis uh, until the foreseeable future 
Um, and recently they just did that and the whole, you know, everybody freaked out. I was like, why are they raising prices again? Um, but I think people are just going to yell and complain for like a couple weeks and then they're just going to keep paying for Netflix and they're just going to keep doing that because people will just keep paying for it because they want the shows. Um, mm-hmm. Convenience trumps everything, I think. Right. So if they make it convenient for everyone to watch all these shows and it has everything that they want, they're willing to pay a price for that. And I think Netflix is just playing with just by, you know, doing incremental increases in price to see where that line is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. and, And I think we're starting to see now that these services are mature, um, what their long-term goals are because um, Netflix has secured itself, I think with original content as well as being a place where you can go to watch like old 90s shows reruns and, um, and classic movies and things like that. And then you have Disney service, which is emerging with Disney's powerhouse Marvel movies and kids movies. And um, you have other services like HBO, which have like, anchor series like game of thrones and um westworld and stuff like that and amazon is even starting to find its original series and and like you're in this late stage streaming market and um these services are now need to start focusing on okay how are we going to make money over the long run so i think you're going to see a lot of services experimenting with their price modeling and their ad revenue and all this stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw maybe advertisements within the Netflix app itself, but not within its shows. Yeah. Like, I feel like they would experiment with that. I don't know. I feel like that's just something that they might do. Yeah, within the shows is a little bit different. I have a question for you. Yeah. With today's content, like you took a picture of what's on Netflix right now. What is the maximum price that you'll pay from then? So to say, after that particular price, you're like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to get my shows, these shows other me- by, via other means, whatever that might be. The absolute like cap. The cap that you're like, all right, I'm just going to stop giving them money every single month because this is just getting too ridiculous. What would you say your limit would be? I'd say 18 or 20 a month. Hmm. That would be the most comfortable. Like That would be like, the most... I would be willing to, I would hate it. How much you with within your household, you watch Netflix. We watch it every day, multiple hours a day. Like I would, but also this is important to note. I pay for the premium Netflix plan. So I get the like super high def 4k stuff, which is already 13. So I would be willing to spend probably no more than an additional $5 a month on, on this service. Yeah. I think they're already pretty clear. I could see I could see them in the next couple of years settling at least the higher quality tier plan on a fifteen ninety nine plan. I could so I could see that happening. That's, I would that's hate right it. Now. That's it's, right now. What? The premium is fifteen ninety nine. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, so I pay fifteen ninety nine a month. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's what um I could see them upping that to nineteen ninety nine then. For you personally, after 1999, you would really second guess to say, hey. I I would start considering other options. Other options. Yeah. Yeah. And then at that point, if they don't have commercials, maybe if they keep raising that price, I would be like, okay, 
Let's see what Hulu's got to offer. Let's see what this service but is on. That's with like what they have now. What if they added other stuff like a regular TV would have sports, news, Netflix added sports? Yes. Then that would be more compelling. Right. Yeah. They so would I have to not, they will pay play that, I think. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna have to expand it. Once they see that, okay, these is, this is probably the amount of pi- price that people are willing to play, pay for whatever content we have on there now and any other future, you know, um, original shows that we come up with. Once they reach that, then they have to start, start adding. Do you ever see them adding like sports and news? Not like in a traditional sense, like sports. Yes. You can't duplicate that. Right. Yeah. You're going to have to have certain sports, but like, having a John Oliver type of news show or replicating what like a CNN does, but in a Netflix kind of way, which uh, I, I don't know. know. I, I don't, don't, see I, don't them, I don't, I don't see them bring in like a old school, like, you know, CNN or Fox news on to Netflix and just you tuning into live. I wouldn't yeah. see that. That's not in like Netflix. Netflix is like kind of no. Yeah, I don't see them doing that. I don't. I don't either. I, I see their. I see Netflix's anchor being original content and old shows. So Netflix is the place to go when you want to put on background noise shows, as well as um, like blockbuster Netflix shows like Stranger Things, etc. Um, yeah. I think that's going to be their holding point. That's going to be what anchors them in and solidifies them as one of the better services. I I doubt that Netflix is going to try to move into traditional mediums. Uh, I could possibly see Netflix implementing some kind of video podcasting platform where they have like on air talk show type things where they have cameras set up. I could see that because that's yeah. kind of like a new hip thing. They've done that with David Letterman, yeah. right? Um, what's the other one? The lady um, who did, who had a late night talk show. I don't know. And then they put it on. Uh, Netflix sure. afterwards, blonde lady. I forget her name. Yeah, I'm I'm not familiar. Chelsea um, Handler. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Chelsea Handler. Yeah. Um, no, I, I can see them you know, late night mimicking the late night type of thing. But that's I can even I, see that's more why I John Oliver, but yeah. he's on HBO, so he's not leaving. Yeah, I could even see <laughs> things like long form, almost like this, like conversational podcast mm-hmm. type stuff. Like I could see yeah. that being their anchor. Uh, not anchor, but they're um, the, a thing that they do to spice things up a little bit, right? To try to you know keep people in. Yeah. So like, hey, if I if I stop paying for this, I'm not gonna get this awesome, great stuff that I really enjoy. Yeah, Netflix. If you're listening, we are open to deals. Just so you know, um, our contracts team will get in touch with your contracts team, uh, and we'll work something out. But yeah, you want to so. see what our contracts team looks like? You're looking at them right now. There we go. That's him right there. Wait, no. I mean both of us. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. You you physically sit closer to a contracts team, so by proxy you may know more than I do. But um <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Um but yeah, so I think that that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, uh, it, I'm I'm curious to see where if they yeah, actually try this or not. Next like three to five years where net well, Netflix will be. Yeah. Do you think it'll be like Instagram where they like accidentally roll out ads for five minutes and then turn that feature off real quick and be like, whoops? I'm pretty sure that might happen. <laughs> that would be amazing if that happened. Yeah. Um, but speaking of other streaming services, Hulu is dropping to just $6 per month after Netflix goes up in price. 
So, yeah. like you said, Netflix now bumped up to the fifteen whatever. Uh, Hulu is now dropping to five ninety nine. So, this also comes with ads. So, anybody who's looking to jump off of Netflix and into Hulu, you're going to find this is their ad platform. It's not their ad free platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this also doesn't include their live TV, which now they do offer. Yeah, uh, does not. So that you just get access to all the TV shows that Hulu has. Uh, the day after that they air on actual TV, uh, but you have to watch ads. Yep. I think five ninety nine is a really good price for that. I think it is. It's cheap. Uh, it's a if nice. If you want to watch TV and you're not like on a set schedule, you don't need live TV at all. You yeah. don't care about sports. Um, you don't any of the live content. Hey, you just want to watch your shows. Um, you just watch it whenever. Sit yeah. down. Yeah, the uh, and also the twelve dollars a month, uh, no commercials plan will stay at its current price, as well as the thirteen ninety nine Hulu Spotify combo deal, which I didn't even know they did. Um, wow. That is staying at the same price as well. But um, yeah, I, I think Hulu is just doing this just to, just to stay competitive, just because I don't think they have as good of content as Netflix. They don't have that anchored background they're they're kind of still trying to find their shows that are going to hold them down as and solidify them as the best show like yeah, the well, reason the, you get that uh, they they started playing around with the originals hulu did yeah, uh, yeah. uh handmaid's tale um yeah. whatever 83 whatever that stupid one <laughs> i used the, i used the free trial to binge that one that was decent <laughs> I, I just said random numbers. I don't know if that's 11, uh, 11, 11, 22, 63. That's that one. Yeah. That one uh, with uh, James Franco. Uh, James Franco. Yeah, that was a that was a decent show. Yeah, that was pretty good. You know, it was a little short miniseries. Uh, it was kind of fun to watch. You um, can you can easily binge it on their free trial. Yeah, but other uh, other ones it, though. Other like, ones that you know you, that really made news. I don't know if even they've done other ones. Um, but th- I think their main bread and butter is is Joe's, you know, the shows that air and then the day after they're on Hulu. Yeah. Um, on actual TV. Um, yeah. So it's just convenient for people. It's just like, hey, pay, pay six bucks a month and I can watch it whenever. Yeah, it has commercials, so, but so does regular TV. I'm used to it. Yeah. The only problem is whenever I, I, I used to use Hulu, it's the same damn commercial every single time like yeah. mix it up a little bit yeah no i <laughs> so, know it's it's annoying if, especially if you start binging a show on hulu yeah. it's like the 20th time that you see the same commercials like all right yeah i know the service exists i don't know if you i don't know if you noticed this uh on youtube tv but that 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 has the same problem as well um I don't know if you were if you if you were watching the the playoff games for the NFL when the Eagles were still in, but I have seen that stupid cupcake commercial so many times. The WordPress one, where they yeah. have the NFL players, was like sweat. <laughs> I've seen that commercial so many times. I almost have it memorized, and I think that it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so like the, that's a problem with a, a couple of those services, but, um, yeah, so I, I think this is good. This is a nice move on Hulu, but I think it's not enough to get people to switch over. Um, it may, they may get themselves more subscribers though. It's only down from seven ninety nine, which is still pretty cheap, but, yeah. um, but yeah, so it's, I, I'd be curious to see what their, um, what their numbers are around this, but, um, maybe it's. 
worth people's while to check something out that's a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's good to know that Hulu is actually owned by all the big cable companies, so um, they yeah, have a stake important. in this. Yeah, yeah. That's why Hulu was created. Yes. Okay, so um, I think we should power on through the Zuckerberg news that we have here. Mark Zuckerberg did something this week. Who would have thought that Mark Zuckerberg did something in the past week? Um, he apparently um, thinks that you don't trust Facebook because you don't understand it. So um, they published the Wall Street Journal published a 1000 word screed by Mark Zuckerberg about the company's data collection practices titled the facts about Facebook and in it, Zuckerberg makes uh, comments about the company being about people and insists that he has been the majority of his, co- he has, he, as he has been for the majority of the 15 year history, that we should trust it. Zuckerberg appears to think the primary reason users have little faith in the company's ability to responsibly or ethically handle their data is because of its targeted advertising practices, about which he writes, this model can feel opaque and we're all distrustful of systems we don't understand. Yes. Yes. Accurate statement. So, Mark Zuckerberg, tell us how it works. <laughs> hey, yeah. Be transparent. Yeah. Let it's, me know where all the data that you know about me comes from and how I can control it with a nice big delete button. It's like, I don't want you to know that. Delete. Yeah. This model can feel opaque because it is opaque. <laughs> it's opaque. <laughs> it's like, wow. Um, 99.9% of the population on this world, it is opaque. Yeah, small handful of people who are really techie and they know to uh, heart that, yeah, okay, this is where Facebook gets all their data. Most people have no idea. So when they find out that, okay, how does the, or freak out, you see these uh, YouTube videos where, oh, Facebook's is listening to me. The, they heard uh, me say a particular keyword and uh, then I saw a pop-up of that particular product uh, a couple hours later on facebook um yeah. you they don't know they don't understand where all the signals are coming from all the places that it sees and watches you uh literally watches you and follows you along uh, as you browse the internet yeah. um these uh, verizon did that a while ago and then the fcc was like you can't do that but facebook can um but yeah so earlier this month uh a Pew Research Center, which I thought up until recently was a research center owned by PewDiePie, but it is not. Um, it is found that users do indeed oh, oh, remain. Sorry. What? I said boo. I thought you were going to say subscribe to him, which, but <laughs> never mind. Um, so that's neither here nor there. They, but they're saying that people do remain largely in the dark about how Facebook tracks their information. Um, of the nearly 1,000 adults that were polled for the survey, 74% of those who use Facebook said they had no idea about the website's ad preferences section where activity-based interests appear. Um, and for anybody who's interested, I highly encourage you to check out the show notes associated with this episode because I will include the link to the Facebook ad preferences section. And it's terrifying. Um, they, it's, it's all the information that Facebook can deduce about you in how to serve you ads that are best targeted to your interest. And it's terrifying how much they actually know. Um, and 51% of users said they were not very or not at all comfortable with Facebook amassing this information about them. Um, so yeah, 
Um, I don't know if you have you ever had a chance to go through the ad preferences section. It's definitely spooky. I don't know. I, I know. Oh. Yeah, it's like it's a lot to take in at first for some people, just because of like how much information they have. Um, and they have a lot of work to do. And why? what? So there's a section in here called hide ad topics, but there's only three categories. Oh. One of them is pets. I'm going to go from least like crazy to most crazy, I guess. About oh. pets? Yeah. So one topic that I can ha- hide topics about, like ads. Like, I don't want to see any more pet ads. Um, <laughs> the other one is parenting. I don't, I'm not, okay. And then the last one is alcohol. Okay. Are those, is it the same for everyone or is it this is this? These three are customized for me. Um, see what me, yours yeah, so I'm going to open up mine while we go into the next bit. I don't have any pets. I'm not a father to any known children out there. Among or, my interests are Sean Hannity. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's move on from that one. Um, not going to go into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Comcast, Ancestry.com. It says hide uh, ad topics. That section. Smith Douglas Holmes. At the bottom. Uh, wait, where? At the bottom. Oh, hide, hide topics. Yeah, I have the same three categories. Interesting. Uh, so everyone sees. I, I don't know why those are three that are given to everyone. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, advertisers. The, 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 the creepier section is the advertisers section. Um, whose website or app you used. Um, whom you visited. If you're like me, all of those are empty except for who use a contact list added to Facebook. So all of those have my ad profile, uh, my ads based off of my interest. But the advert, the your the the advertiser section is the most terrifying to me because half of these companies I've never even heard of. Like apparently, we buy ugly houses has my ad profile. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, also, OC Wellness Physicians. Um, I don't know why that is either. Um, Encompass Medical Center, Gap, uh, Mass Drop, that makes sense. But yeah, so like, I don't understand, like, none of them make any sense. Also, apparently, my, among my interests are Mike Huckabee. <laughs> and the Lego movie has my full contact list. The what? My, the Lego movie has your full contact list? The Lego movie. Oh man, Chris Pratt can get in touch with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to just leave this link, um, to the Facebook ads preferences in the no, show notes. No, no, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, apparently a, uh, uh, Nissan dealership called Milady Nissan <laughs> has my full contact list. Why? I will take a screenshot of this right now. So there's proof. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, but any of the extra resources that we talk about, just put them in the very top of the show notes so people can see them. Screen um, about that. So I'm going to add. I just have to. Discussions. Okay. Yeah, dude, dude, go for it. Um, this is like a, it, it's a, it's a really good exercise to go through this and like understand exactly what's happening to your ad profile just because of how terrifying it really is. <laughs> um, yeah, but. Um, so when it was learned, they previously knew, uh, that that this is going all the way back to Cambridge Analytica. Uh, most people did nothing. Um, 
And reporting a survey in April, the Financial Times stated that user trust in Facebook had actually been on the rise before that happened, but uh, confidence fell nearly 80% after that to 27% last year. Um, so, yeah. So people don't really trust Facebook all that much because people can very easily abuse that system. And this is all we know about. Um, so, yeah. Uh, a lot of people aren't going to do anything about it, but um, it's good to at least know what you're giving away, I think. Um, I don't know. But also, this is the same founder that referred to people who use his product as dumb Fs for trusting him with their sensitive information. So an actual quote. That's a literal quote from Mark Zuckerberg himself, um, minus the the fact that I he included the full word. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know, man. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of people's security being an issue, um, services that happened, exploits that have happened through services that everybody uses, uh, I did want to talk a little bit, just a brief discussion about two-factor authentication and I think why it's important and why people should enable it across multiple services and what the best apps are in order to facilitate two-factor authentication. We talked about password security before on this podcast, but I think it's important that we also include the next best thing, which is arguably substantially easier than configuring LastPass or 1Password or um, a notebook full of passwords, which is two-factor authentication. Um, And it's a very important topic, I think. Very, very important. And it's the, if a service offers it, I recommend that you enable it. Um, and I, I would make the distinction that um, an SMS two-factor is not as secure. Um, it's still more difficult to exploit, so it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, yes. Yeah. I, I, I can agree with that, but it... It's trivial to exploit at this point. If, yeah. if someone really wanted to, they can spoof your phone number and capture that SMS and log in still uh, with that code. Easily. Uh, there are better ways via using particular applications. We mentioned a couple on this show previously. Uh, the main one is Authy, both of our favorites. Yep. Uh, if you wanted to manage these codes uh, that these services send out to you, um, there's also Google Authenticator and Microsoft Authenticator. And you don't have to use any particular one. You can use any of these. And it's a universal sort of platform that everyone's adopting for two-factor. One if thing, offering, um, if you, I wanted to bring this up, is that Authy stores your two-factor authentication certificates in the cloud. So you need to make sure that that is behind a secure password as well if you use Authy. Um, that's just one caveat to... Authy does not know the, these codes. Uh, you maintain the key, uh, which is important. Yeah. But the issue with that is if you forget that key, they're all gone. Yeah. So, uh, which is good. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No. Which is good that if you don't know the key, then nobody can get at it. Not even Authy. That means hackers can't get into it either. Yeah. So it's just important to set that up, but it also offers that convenience. If you move devices, you can just sign back into your Authy account and it brings all the over. You don't have to go through the process of setting up all your multi-factor authentications again and all the services that you use. Yeah. Uh, but if you're wary of that, you can use it with, you can use the other two, which are Google, Google Authenticator and Microsoft Authenticator. I and actually, they provide like, 
list, which I knew about, but I completely forgot about. Yeah. You know, about this website that helps people out. Yeah, no, it's it's a good website. It's a, definitely a really powerful resource. Um, but I wanted to go a little bit more into detail about uh, Authy and the authenticator services in general. Um, the first caveat being that um, if you do use these services, just uh, a word of warning um, that you do not store. If you use a password manager and a two-factor authenticator, do not store the backup password for your two-factor authenticator in your password manager. If you also use two-factor authentication on the password manager, because you can lock yourself out of both if you're not careful. Um, you speaking from personal experience? Uh, no, but I came very close to doing that. So um, write it down somewhere. Uh, but I actually really like the um, the Steve Gibson approach to two-factor authentication, which is using Google's Authenticator app. But instead of... Because um, the only problem with Google Authenticator is that if you get a new phone, if you switch a device, if you move platforms, especially from Apple to Android, if you go somewhere else uh, and you do not have a backup of that app on that device, you need to set them all up over again because it is a one-time thing that works once per app instance. And it, um, and you will need to regenerate two-factor authentication across all your websites, but you can get around this. Um, the most secure way, I think, would be technically to print out those QR codes of your two-factor authentications and store them in a secure physical location um, so that way, if you need to set your device back up with two-factor authentication, you can simply rescan those QR codes and the same two-factor authentication services that you had set up previously will work in Google Authenticator, but that requires a printer. So um, that's one thing that I find is rather helpful if you don't want to use a cloud service. Um, you can print them out. So that's my hot take on that. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, uh, I highly recommend it because two factor authentication is something that everybody should have. It's something that is, I highly recommend it. Um, and it, it also, also it serves as a good way to notify when someone is attempting to sign in. Um, even if it's not you, cause you'll get a notification or an email. Um, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. The website I was talking about earlier is twofactorauth.org. Yep. And if you're looking to see uh, all the services that you use, you wanted to check if they support uh, two-factor authentication, you can just go ahead and type the website in, and it'll tell you uh, if it does and how it supports it. And if it doesn't, you can yell at those companies on Twitter or Facebook or via email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's tons of different services. There's entertainment, there's financial, there's food services. Just to go into some financial services that offer it, uh, ADP has it, Credit Karma has it, um, I'm trying to think of some of the bigger ones, FreshBooks has it, Geico has it, uh, no, they don't have it, Geico does not have two-factor. I was um, there, you said Geico had it because Geico's... And ADP okay. does not have it, my bad, I was looking at the wrong ones, um, Mint has it, etc., uh, entertainment services, Bandcamp ha- does not have it. Google Play does have it. That's because it's through all of Google. Mixer right. has it. Um, Smashcast, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, so yeah, it's 
there's a lot of very widely used services that implement this across the board. And I think that it's um, definitely worth looking into. Uh, also, you can find most of these fairly easily in your security settings as well. Um, it's different from a one-click login, which many people may be familiar with. It's not the same. You have to punch in a six-digit code, but uh, Authy is easy because it's in the cloud. You don't have to print, but you just have to maintain that backups password so you can log into your services. Just write it down somewhere. Um, but yeah, we'll have all this information in the show notes, and we'll even include uh, the link to Authy's website itself. Um, I believe they have a, a desktop site. So that way people can sign into it. Yeah, there's a nice Chrome extension as well. Other browsers have an extension too. Yeah. Wow. The extensions are are nice. Um, also, the Chrome app is nice for the desktop as well. But um, also, um, one thing that's important to note is that uh, Authy as well has a way to search for two-factor authentication guides for various services. So you can access that through Authy's website. Um, and both apps are available, or Authy is available for Android and iOS. So anybody looking to implement two-factor authentication, um, it gets the Irvin and Matt seal of approval for um, for solid quality security apps for 2019. Um, yeah. And it's one less thing to worry about when a breach comes out because now you can keep an eye out for these email alerts if someone is attempting to use your two-factor authentication. Yeah, you might have heard of the mo- most recent leak. Over 750 million uh, emails were leaked. Um, 750 million? Yeah, 750 million. Nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, so if you uh, want to protect yourself, um, yeah, sign up for one of these services. Make it one of your New Year's resolution goals to improve your online security. Yeah, also... Um, for those people who are owners of an iPhone, simply go to settings, iCloud, password and security, and then enable two-factor authentication in your Apple ID settings. And that is how you turn that on on your phone. You will get a notification on any device that is signed into your iCloud account whenever your iCloud account is used to make yeah. sure it is a valid use. That includes any web browser as well, mobile yep. or desktop. I like it in Apple that it actually shows a map. Yeah, it shows you the location of the device. The location of the, the person or thing that's trying to log into your account. You can verify. It's like, oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. I scared myself with a VPN one time. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like, who's trying to connect in Amsterdam? And I was like, oh, it's me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, I do recommend at, at the very least it's your phone. It's got information on it that is critical to your life. A lot of people have most of their life on their phones, whether it's conversations, emails, bank stuff, passwords, keychain information, um, music, even things like photos and stuff like that. Um, we all heard that one story of the guy who lost his in the first six years of his kid's life, which was stored in iCloud um, due to a, a hack which wiped that database. Um, or he lost the account. So that is something that can happen. So it's good to keep that part of your life secure so you can keep, um, keep all of your important stuff backed up and keep your data online secure. Because I think security is something that is definitely 
underappreciated and just because it requires a little bit of hassle. Um, honestly, the more hassle that it is on you, it's quadrupling the effort of a potential hacker. So it's worth it in the end. If you, if you value your, your security. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think that's it for today. Yeah. We covered a lot of topics on little, uh, adventures over the weekend and we left you with some hot takes hot tips uh, to help you out with your security and yeah and, uh, all those resources will be in the show notes I believe you had a couple for um, what was it for action yeah yeah I'll put those links in there yep. uh, you can go in there and, and look up uh, resources if you're interested about doing it to your computer all right cool um, if you guys like what you hear, you can reach out to us on our social media accounts. You can find us primarily on Twitter. Um, that's the best way to get in touch with us. Uh, you can also get in touch with us on Facebook, but that is primarily there to publish our episodes. So, um, I would suggest Twitter if I were to reach out to me, um, because that goes straight to, to me. Uh, so, with that, you can also, if you want to tell a friend about us, you can also reach out to us on any number of social media platforms that include, or any podcasting platform. Um, that includes Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Pandora, like literally anywhere we're, we're there. Um, just go out, search for our name, and we'll show up. So, um, yeah. With that being said, this has been, I can't believe it's already been, it's only been 83, 83 episodes. Episode 83. We are 17 away from 100. That's insane. Um, with that being said, episode 83, and we will see you guys next week. If I can ever figure out how to transition because it broke. Okay. Okay.